When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is CRISPR? What is it used for? And what does it mean for the future of medicine, agriculture, and other industries? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. For those of you who weren't paying attention in your middle school biology class, it's science review time. DNA is a long molecule containing the information organisms need to both develop and reproduce. And in that molecule are sequences of nucleotides or the building blocks of DNA that encode the synthesis of a gene product. Basically, in your DNA are strands of building blocks that make up a gene. And while genes are responsible for what we look like, I get my blonde hair from my mom and my height from my dad, genes are also responsible for some illnesses and chronic conditions like cystic fibrosis and certain kinds of cancers. But what if I told you that scientists have figured out a way to go into our genes and edit the information that's there? Well, let me introduce you to CRISPR, a.k.a. Clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats. To explain how this insane scientific discovery works and what it means for plants, animals, humans, and more, I am joined by Peter Q. Wynn, PhD. Dr. Wynn is a research scientist in microbiology and cellular devices at the Wies Institute at Harvard University. Dr. Wynn, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Abby. Okay, so we're talking about CRISPR today, and full disclosure, I had no idea what it was before this, so I'm glad that we're doing this topic. So let's just start with the basics. What is CRISPR for those like me who had never heard of it, and what is it used for? Sure. So those of your your listeners that might not have heard CRISPR, they will hear about it very soon. Um, So CRISPR has kind of taken the biomedical uh, research community by storm, and it is an enzyme that is dis- that was discovered in bacteria, and it basically constitutes as the immune system of a bacteria. And it basically will, inside the bacteria, will search for viral nucleic acids to cut up because that's how the, the bacteria protects itself from getting infected by viruses. And so what the research community has done is taken this tool that was has evolved in bacteria and now we've adapted it for use uh, primarily in biomedicine for uh, basically curing a lot of genetic diseases. So now we have a tool that can precisely go in, cut parts of the genome uh, to repair uh, some kind of genetic defect, for example. And it allows us to do this very precisely. And it allows us to program the enzyme to target different areas of the genome very easily. How do you program an enzyme? Yeah, that's a great question. So this enzyme, it's just a protein, but there's another part to the protein, which is an RNA molecule. 
And the RNA molecule is what the, the piece that we program. Uh, it's called a guide RNA. And that we basically chemically synthesize, or we can take DNA that we've chemically synthesized and make the RNA from that DNA. And so it's very easy to make. I can basically order it online and have it shipped to me uh, within one or two days. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's very easy to reprogram. And once you have that guide RNA telling the enzyme where to go, you present it to the enzyme and the enzyme basically latches onto it and uses it as a, a, a programming template, essentially. And now it's, it's fully competent to go around, search in its environment and find the, the piece of DNA that exactly matches that guide so that it can cut it. So I have to ask this question because you bring up RNA. Does it have anything to do with, we hear a lot mRNA when it comes to the vaccine. Was any right. part of this used in making the vaccine? And maybe it wasn't, but I'm just curious. No, it wasn't. So the RNA molecule, uh, so RNA is, is present in all cells. It's just a form of nucleic acid. So most people have heard of DNA. So RNA is like the, the more uh, transient uh, sister of DNA. And so it's just the same kind of molecule, but it has nothing to do with what was what the technology that was used to make vaccines, mm -hmm. the, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines. Okay, I see. So I also saw this really great comparison between uh, CRISPR and then the idea of kind of making, you know, the ingredients for a meal, what you find in your refrigerator. Uh, is there a way, uh, maybe like a metaphor that you can use to break it down more simply for our listeners? Uh, for how we, we program CRISPR? Yeah, or exactly what it does. Um, so... Uh, that's a, a great question for uh, exactly what it does. Um, so the way I think about CRISPR, and it, it might not be the best analogy, but it's it's the way the way I think of it is: imagine you have a huge document, right? So you, let's say you have a hundred-page document, and that's like that's the 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 stuff that you need to search for. And mm -hmm. in that hundred-page document, you need to find an error. Um, and that's your, your genomic error. That's the disease that you need to fix is that error. And so imagine trying to do that without having the find function or the find and replace function on your word processor. You would basically have to go through every single line and you can't use the find and replace function. So you actually have to retype everything. Um, and that would be a huge pain. And so CRISPR essentially is somebody programming in a find and replace function for your word processor. So now you have the function to find and replace something in that text and the guide RNA, which is telling you what to find and what to cut is actually what you're typing into that find and replace window. Mm. Um, so it's, it's super easy once you have that to actually go in and edit that piece of text, which is what we're trying to do uh, with the CRISPR technology in terms of, uh, curing uh, genetic diseases, curing cancer, um, infectious diseases even. You know, that makes sense because I have heard CRISPR being referred to as the copy and paste tool for editing, for gene editing. So, you know, you're copying and pasting it and putting it where it needs to be. Is that right? Exactly. That's exactly right. Wow. Are there any medical treatments that we have right now that already use CRISPR to address the common genetic diseases? Uh, unfortunately not. There, there are 
um, not fully approved. So there are a number of companies that uh, are formed that have formed around CRISPR to actually treat genetic diseases, and they're targeting genetic diseases such as um, diseases that that cause blindness or diseases that of the liver that cause uh, systemic inflammation, for example. Mm -hmm. And they they have had some very um, promising uh, results in their clinical trials. But as to date, there are no fully approved technologies um, that use CRISPR. Um, it's it's we're right on the precipice of of having this revolution, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, you know, I, I want to follow up on that because I know I saw the WHO is looking to put limits on CRISPR. And my first thought when you talk about gene editing is the bad actors in all of this. I know there was this whole fad with designer babies and all of that. So can it be used for bad? I mean, you know, how do you stop that? Absolutely. So that's a great question. Any technology could be used for for bad. Uh, I mean, you can go all the way back to fire, right? Is fire good or bad? Mm. It all depends on who who uses it. And so, I definitely think there needs to be, you know, regulatory action to make sure that uh, it's used in the proper manner. Um, and with with that, I, I think the cat's already out of the bag in terms of the technology already being out there. You know, anybody right now can can use CRISPR, um, it's, it's relatively easy to use if you have a laboratory. Um, and so, it, you know, the, again, the technology's already out there. We, we need to uh, police ourselves because this is g genome editing. You're editing something that is going to change the organism uh, permanently. And so that, that, that is a huge uh, power to have uh, for medicine. And it does need to be regulated to make sure that the side effects and the use cases um, are ethical. Have there been cases like that? I mean, what about the CRISPR baby scandal? Um, yeah, the CRISPR baby scandal, the, you're talking about the one that happened in China, right? Yes. Yeah, so unfortunately, things like that will happen. Um, and, you know, obviously, we can't control what China does or, or you know, uh, and obviously, I think, this flew under the radar of China because if they had understood what kind of backlash would have happened if something like that did happen, which did, I'm pretty sure they would have clamped down on that very fast. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this goes with any technology where people overreach. Um, you're going to have, uh, you know, we, we can't blame the technology. The technology is there for us to use uh, to cure disease, to, to, to utilize when we need it. Um, and unfortunately that example is exactly what we're talking about. That's a great example that you brought up and it's, it's, that highlights the need for, um, higher regulation and scrutiny, uh, of, uh, using CRISPR. Is CRISPR used for anything more than gene editing in human beings? What about crops? And, you know, if you talk about agriculture and animals, what about things like that? Sure. So there, there is um, technology being developed uh, in the research laboratories to genome edit other organisms aside from human beings and mammals. Um, obviously, uh, when you have a technology that's so groundbreaking, the first thing people do is they throw it at, at medicine and disease. Um, but there are uh, researchers looking at using it for easily editing crops 
for editing other organisms that we might need to engineer um, for industrial purposes. Um, and so there is a lot of other people looking at applying CRISPR to different areas, uh, different industries, um, but that is uh, less, uh, I guess, high profile and mm. it's still ongoing, but it's in the lab right now. Right. I mean, you talk about kind of changing the uh, way that a body reacts or, you know, maybe fixing a disease that someone has from birth. It really is groundbreaking. Are there, so when we talk about diseases and things like that, what can it be used for currently? So what it can be used for currently, and we have a lot of different flavors of CRISPR. Uh, we have CRISPR, which basically just cuts um, and it allows the body to repair that cut. Um, we have CRISPR that actually has been engineered. It can go into a site and find it and actually chemically change it, but not cut it. Um, and so we have different flavors of CRISPR and they can, most of, most of the applications of CRISPR are used right now to target some kind of genetic disease where you want to turn off a gene, for example, a gene that is producing too much of something that's causing a disorder. Um, and you can turn off the gene or you can potentially uh, turn on a gene by turning off something that is regulating it, um, if, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so most, most of the applications right now are targeting a single gene uh, and turning it on or off. Got it. I mean, again, this is just this is groundbreaking stuff. So what would it take to get full approval to use CRISPR? Um, I think the regulatory body, such as the FDA, uh, the, the, the technology for CRISPR has been, uh, I mean, it's been in the lab for over a decade now. And there's been so many researchers that worked on it that I, I think the approval of um, technologies using CRISPR, it, it's only a matter of time. And mm -hmm. I don't see any large hurdle with, uh, utilizing CRISPR to cure diseases at all. Uh, it's more precise than anything we've ever had. Um, and so with that, I, I think the, uh, it won't be smooth selling, but since this is the first time we've used this, this technology, but once we start approving these technologies, I think, I think we'll see a slew of uh, disorders basically cured. And uh, I don't see regulatory approval being, being an issue. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if I'm asking this question right, but you talk about disorders and that to me means your body is lacking something or it was made a certain way. Uh, so CRISPR, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, can be used to go in and modify that gene, right? What about something like COVID-19, something that goes in and harms your body that's not necessarily how your body was made, but is a, an external factor? Can it be used to help with those types of things as well? 
There are a couple of studies that have uh, used CRISPR to knock down uh, infectious diseases. Um, and a lot of these are still very early in the lab. Um, so there are flavors of CRISPR where instead of targeting DNA, such as um, what you have in your genome, so these are permanent changes, right? There are RNA, there are RNA uh, targeting CRISPRs. So RNA, again, we're, we talked about RNA, where it's a transient uh, piece of nucleic acid. And so it's there for a short while, but then it disappears because it gets it's degraded. And RNAs are how a lot of these viruses replicate. Um, and so people have engineered, Cas13 is the CRISPR enzyme that actually targets these RNAs. They've actually done that and used it and shown that you can knock down RNA levels uh, of a virus using CRISPR. So there, there's the potential to use it for infectious disease as well. Mm. Uh, it just takes a, a little bit of different tweaking. Right. And when you talk about these different flavors of CRISPR being used uh, for different things, how do you know when to use what flavor for what? Yeah. So that kind of gets into a technical area um, that I think your, your listeners probably wouldn't want to listen to. <laughs> um, but you basically have to start with what kind of disease it is um, and how what what region of the genome it's in, for example, and uh, then you would choose the technology according to that. So for example, if you're targeting something that uh, is transient, you don't want any permanent changes to the genome, then you would use the RNA uh, one to target the RNAs mm. that are being produced. So you, you use that to alter the RNA levels, but you don't really change the genome. But if it's something where you just want a single shot, where you want to do one edit and then have it be permanent so that the person never has to do a therapy again, then you would to use a different kind of CRISPR. All right. What do you think, in your opinion, is the future of CRISPR? Um, in my opinion, I think CRISPR will cure and solve a lot of diseases that we have not had the power to uh for decades had the power to, to really influence. Um, and so for a lot of genetic diseases, that's, that's an obvious uh, win for us. And a, a lot of other disorders, I see CRISPR being used as a tool that we did not have before. That's not to say that it will completely supplant things like, you know, the, our normal pharmaceuticals and normal drugs. I think it will be complementary uh, to what we have right now in our medical toolkit. Um, and it will uh, be just another tool, one that might be used uh, quite more readily than, than is used right now in terms of gene, gene editing. We don't have anything good for gene editing that's on the market right now. So, um, and that, will, will, that tool will take the place of that. So what, why don't you think we've had a good tool for gene editing and what makes CRISPR better than anything else? I know you said it's more precise, but, you know, is there anything else that makes this more hopeful in that arena? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a great question. You know, why, uh, why haven't we we've been able to gene edit anything before? And we have tried in the past, you know, uh, gene editing, um, at, we wanted. I mean, the, in the past few decades, it's called gene therapy, right? Um, and in, in that case, uh, we never really had just a system that could go in and easily be reprogrammed to edit things. 
And so we didn't have that technology simply because we didn't really know about CRISPR yet. Um, and there are still a lot of technical hurdles that we need to to go through. It's it's no by no means a slam dunk right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we still need to get CRISPR into the body. So the 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 CRISPR is the enzyme that that can actually do the editing. But how do you get it into the cell, right? And so delivery is a big issue. And you'll see a lot of companies. That's what the technology is focused on: is different ways to deliver CRISPR. Um, and oh. just, you need to deliver CRISPR to the right organ or the right tissue or the right cell, for example. And so you need to, to have a very precise delivery mechanism. Um, and so that's another technical hurdle that everybody is working on right now. I see. So right now, the technology to actually do this genetic modification does exist, but we don't know how to get it into the actual human body in an effective um, well, way. Well, I would say there are different strategies for doing it, and some of them are very effective, actually. Really? Yeah. um, So there was a recent study done by a a genomics editing company um, where they package it into liposomes. So these are kind of like little fat uh, molecules. So they'll package the CRISPR to that, and they can actually target it to the liver, specifically to the liver. And it it was a a fantastic, you know, clinical trial result. Uh, We'll probably see a paper come out from that very soon. And other people use, um, they've repurposed viruses to deliver CRISPR as well. And so there are very efficient ways in the laboratory to deliver CRISPR um, to where you want it to go. It's just a matter of getting that to a a safe clinical level uh, that works in people um, where it's a whole different ball game, right? You you need unparalleled safety when when you move on to humans. And so we have the technologies working in lab. It's just uh, tweaking it to make sure that it's safe um, for clinical use. Right. How does that process work? So, I mean, in terms of uh, clinical trials that are successful, like packaging this into liposomes and delivering it to the cell that way, how much success do you have to have or how many, you know, clinical trials need to be successful until they approve it and you determine that this is unparalleled safety for the human body? Um, so that is a bit beyond my expertise. I am, I am by no means a clinical trial expert. So uh, I think I'll pass on that. that <laughs> I figured. I mean, who knows? It's yeah, We even talked about the vaccine, right? It's like how many right. times, how many successful trials do you need to? I mean, I'm sure it varies case to case as well. Um, all right. So. Then to kind of wrap things up, what do you think people should know about CRISPR um, moving forward? And how long do you predict that it'll be until this just really changes the course of medicine? Oh, great. That's a fantastic and great question. Um, So one thing I would like people to know is that CRISPR can be used for things beyond uh, what we're talking about, which is medical therapies. Um, We can also use it to detect things. Um, So you can imagine it's very specific for detecting nucleic acids in the environment or a cell, um, and also it's highly programmable, we can actually use CRISPR as a kind of sensor. Um, So you can use it in a diagnostic, for example, Mm. to detect whether or not you have SARS, uh, the SARS virus, the the COVID-19 virus in a particular sample in a very fast and efficient way. So you can use it in diagnostics as well as therapeutics. So that's very powerful for us. Wow. Um, and in terms of the timeline, you know, you, you're already seeing companies 
in phase two, phase three clinical trials. I think within four to five years, it will will have something approved um, and we'll know whether or not this is going to to be an, an actualized revolution. Mm. Um, and, you know, all of the, the signs are pointing to, yes, it will be. And so I would just say a few more years um, for those clinical trials to wrap up. And then you're going to see those the, the stocks of those companies boom. And then everybody's going to know about uh, CRISPR. And then it's going to be how to apply this to more, um, more diseases that are affecting a larger set of the population. So a lot of the diseases the companies are focused on right now are, are, are uh, very focused uh, genetic diseases where you, you see a clear target, you see clearly how this technology will work for that disease. Um, but it's not something, for example, such as cancer or, or even, you know, something that affects everyone, such as uh, aging, for example. Uh, people have talked about using it for aging. Um, so it's, it's nothing, uh, it's, it's not at that point yet that we can apply it for more common diseases. Mm. Well, hopefully, as our technology gets better, the more research that's done, um, diseases related to our genes, cancers, um, you know, cystic fibrosis, hopefully one day those can be remedied uh, using CRISPR. So we'll have to see and cross our fingers and hope this all works out. Dr. Wynn, thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me, Abby. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways from my conversation with Peter Q. Wynn, PhD on CRISPR. Number one, Dr. Wynn says, if you haven't heard about CRISPR, you will very soon. It's essentially an enzyme that was discovered in bacteria that the research community then adapted in order to use it in biomedicine to help cure genetic diseases. Number two, We're years away from this being mainstream. CRISPR is still in clinical trials and we need unparalleled safety when it comes to using it in humans. Right now, they're studying how to get this technology safely and effectively into the actual cell. And number three, a great thing about CRISPR is it can be used diagnostically and therapeutically. More simply, it can detect things and is programmable. Right now, it's being used only for specific diseases rather than a broader scale for ailments that affect the general population. But the future of what this technology can do is absolutely groundbreaking and gives a lot of hope for the future. Thanks so much for joining me during this lesson on CRISPR. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.